Welcome to the Pleasure Alchemy Podcast. We're your host, Janessa Dalalana, women's empowerment mentor, group facilitator, and body worker. Samantha Stelk, self-love and sexual empowerment coach. Our mission is to activate you to your most embodied, authentic, and pleasure-led life. Together, we explore what it means to call in your deepest soul's desires with ease, flow, and integrity. Here, we remind you that the meaningful relationships, unshakable confidence, and aligned purpose you crave is available for you, no matter what your background. In this space, we share our personal insights and intimate conversations with soulful leaders, visionaries, and experts on all things related to spirituality, sexuality, self-empowerment, shadow work, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for being here and joining us. Now let's dive in. Hello, hello, everyone. I am really excited for today's episode because we are going to be chatting about my favorite subject, Mm. pleasure. (laughs) And how to become an orgasmic woman Mm. and sharing all the ways in which rather it being a conversation and an exploration, sharing story of all the ways our journey to becoming an orgasmic woman and all the ways in which we can inhibit ourselves or feel unsafe to receive pleasure, to receive love mm. as women in, in these, these bodies that we have. Yeah. And, and looking at you now, Samantha, I'm, I'm always inspired by how tapped in you are to your feminine and it only seems to be growing day by day. And, <laughs> and I would love for the audience to know more about your journey, becoming someone that is so in tune with her feminine and so orgasmic and, and really allows pleasure to penetrate her with so much ease. So I'd love to know like your journey through, through that and, and how that's been for you. Yes, I've come a long, (laughs) long way. It's been a long journey. It's funny, I was always a sexual person, but I really struggled to feel, to orgasm or to feel orgasmic energy. You know, they're even making love when I was younger or having sex was really kind of painful for me. And I, I, I felt looking back, I have an awareness that I was really, disconnected from my body my feeling body and the experience itself it's more Mm -hmm. so I was like seeking love I thought that I could receive love and validation from a man through offering my body in that way Mm -hmm. which which didn't didn't play out well obviously (laughs) at the time and I had a I wasn't taught about self-pleasure like so many of us. I didn't really know that that was much of an option. I didn't have that much of a religious conditioning or background until I went to high school. But then again, I don't remember so much having a lot of memories about narratives and con- uh, yeah, narratives like 
that we're disempowering around a woman's body and a woman's sexuality. Like they're there if I really dig deep, but I don't mm-hmm. remember it being so explicitly like saying like, don't have sex. Like it was more of a progressive church, if you will. But I actually had a, a sexual experience with a, a girl in my friend, my close friend when I was in elementary school. And I remember when we were being sexual with one another, I thinking in my mind, like, this is wrong or like, this is bad. And like, Mm -hmm. there was this feeling of shame and also like fear that if we were to get caught, like we could get in like really big trouble. So it's in that, I remember feeling that a lot when I was younger around Mm -hmm. like, being a sexual being and, and, ha- and sexually expressing myself, I remember feeling like it's wrong and I could get in trouble for this. And so I probably internalized that. And then growing up, like I didn't make any time self-pleasure. I kind of thought it was a little like weird or icky. <laughs> and, and then when I would try to self-pleasure the few times, like maybe in my late teens, early twenties, I didn't know how to self-pleasure myself internally so I just you know stimulated my my clip but it felt really really arduous and uncomfortable and it took like a really really long time and then like there was maybe I wasn't so aware but it felt like what's wrong with me like why can't I Mm -hmm. orgasm and because I remember you telling me stories of you with your partner being able to like or achieve orgasm easily being on top and I that was never the case with me especially with a partner like it was partially not knowing my body and them also not knowing necessarily about women's bodies or what they were doing yeah or just like what they want or what they like and not having like the tools to even communicate (laughs) what it is that you want totally yeah, that disconnect. If, you, if you're disconnected with yourself, there's no way you'll feel confident or empowered to express that with someone else. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that piece you were talking about feeling shame and sexual experiences because I experienced so much of that. And I think a lot of that shame came from being the last one out of all my friends for not having sex. and And so it was this thing that I was trying to get over with as fast as possible, like losing my virginity. And so I, I lost it to somebody, um, when I was like blacked out drunk and I don't even really remember the experience. And I think I held a lot of shame with that. And, um, so it's interesting. It's like, I felt shame because I wasn't having sex. And then I ended up having even more shame for like doing it unconsciously and not with someone that I was, had a really close relationship or felt safe with. It was just like a random person. And, and I think those experiences like definitely trickled into my consciousness and way of being like throughout my young adult life. And I, rem- I remember actually like bragging to some of my friends that saying that, Oh, I don't, I don't self-pleasure or I don't remember the exact lingo, but I remember um, just like hearing conversation with girlfriends and them talking about using toys or something. And I was just like, Oh, I never do that. Like I was proud of it. (laughs) Um, and I'm not quite sure where that came from or like why, yeah, there's, there was no really 
rational thinking around that. I just remember feeling like that, that deep rooted insecurity in myself for being a sexual being. (laughs) Um, Yes. It's interesting how shame manifested differently for both of us. And I would definitely say that shame being one of the top reasons or ways in which we inhibit ourselves from experiencing pleasure and orgasmic energy and Mm -hmm. erotic energy. Yeah, I think I think like the root belief that I had had was that sex is dirty and that it's and that it's like wrong and shameful. Like that was very much rooted, even though it's like something that I I wanted and I knew that deep within I was a sexual being. I didn't really know how to express it or how to access it in a way that felt good for me, or maybe I didn't even know what that could look like <laughs> because of all of the ideas and beliefs that I was having around sexuality and yeah also a common thread which makes sense is the use and abuse of alcohol needing to be under the influence of something to even access those states or to mm-hmm. feel comfortable to be feel sexual yeah. yeah feel open or to be sexual which is yeah really fascinating and and how that causes more of a shame cycle over yeah. time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think both of us really use alcohol in that way to numb the shame or the disconnect around our bodies and our sexuality. Yeah, because when I when I was under the influence, I felt it was much more easier to open myself and to be seen in that way because you, you are in a, such a vulnerable place. And mm. I also think I, I had this really big fear of men going down on me and like seeing my yoni. So that was always mm. a thing. And so when I would drink, it would be like, Oh, I'm just, you know, loss of inhibitions. It's like, you're, you're able to be more open in that state. Um, yeah, it's very, I think this is a common thing that so many women experience. And I think the journey to being able to express yourself openly and vulnerably in a safe environment really allows you to have those orgasmic states of being and experiences. Absolutely. And that made me think as well, like safe spaces and having mentors and education like so much lack of education and then the education we do have is so so whack and so Mm fear-based like having and this is part of our society that is seriously lacking this peace around education and empowerment around our bodies and our sexual life force energy or our sexual expression Mm -hmm. and so having yeah, we just didn't have someone to show us a way, another way that was coming from a place of sovereign choice and empowerment, like I mentioned. Mm. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to know too, what sparked your interest of learning how to tap into more of your Um, feminine and relationship to your sexuality yeah that's it's a 
interesting when I reflected back on it and in this moment, even reflecting on it, I saw some women in Hawaii and in different, you know, the festival scenes. And for me, like sexual energy channeled and expressed in a woman's body comes out as confidence, magnetism, and feminine radiance. So with now I have words for it. I didn't back then, but I could see an aliveness in women that I really craved and I longed for. And I had touched and access within myself at certain times, but it wasn't sustained or consistent. And, and I was like, I really, I really want to know like more about that. Like, how do I, how do I access that? How do I embody that? And when I moved to Hawaii, that really started to awaken within me and also went hand in hand with uh, removing alcohol from my life as well. Cause I saw how much that was mm. harming me and dimming, you know, that light, my, my feminine radiance. And so wanting to like source that from a really organic place, place from within. Mm which led me on a path to, I don't know, YouTube, <laughs> YouTube <laughs> portal, taking me vortex, taking me on a journey where I found women like Psalms of Zadora and, and Layla Martin, who has become my teacher and Layla Martin also through discovering her work. She taught me about her diet and I went on a journey to her diet and just all these, all these different puzzle pieces like really coming together to support me in healing my relationship to my body and my sexuality and then through doing her year-long coaching program that's when it it started to click a little bit before that like there would be moments here and there where I was able to tap into my orgasmic potential but I couldn't again it wasn't consistent and then when I joined her program she had a self-pleasuring with a glass dildo among many other things, but we did that mm-hmm. five, five days a week, essentially. And that's when my body started to reprogram. Amazing. Yeah. I think what a lot of people might hear five times or, um, yeah, five times a week that might be seem like so excessive and much, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What would you say to someone that's like, I don't have time for that. That's like, that's, that's way too much. Even like once a day, like I think people are afraid of putting themselves first, putting their, their pleasure first. Yeah. This comes back to all the ways in which we've been programmed and conditioned to, as you said, not prioritize ourselves or our pleasure. And I always kind of question people who say, I don't, I don't have enough time because we have an abundance of time. It's more so about how we choose to prioritize our time and how we choose to use our energy. And if we got real with ourselves, I think that many people could see all the ways in which we distract or procrastinate, um, you know, especially with social media being a really big one. Um, I know people have really busy lives as well. I have a, I have a pretty spacious life. And sometimes I even feel like it's 
challenging, but again, I'm not creating that space for it. And mm-hmm. I could, um, but I think it's okay. And to be like really compassionate and kind to yourself, that was an intense, immersive experience. Yeah. So I think even Layla Martin has said that she, you know, she doesn't do that like every day, you know, she (laughs) has little pleasure practices throughout her day, but like she says, it's, it's kind of rare for her. Like maybe like once or twice a year, she's lucky if she can do like a longer Mm -hmm. self-pleasure session. But for me, I, I go through waves and and periods in my, in my life where I'm self-pleasuring more. And that's a journey in itself. It's, it's a lifelong relationship and cultivation. And I'm, I want to kind of distill, distill it down. But for, for that time period, it was really necessary because it was this process of purification with my body and literally retraining my nervous system to orient it to receive pleasure and to, ha- to build a capacity for orgasmic energy in my body. Cause mm-hmm. even, even when I self pleasure now, I can still have, you know, energies or thoughts that come in that say like, it's not safe. Or are you like allowed to feel this good? Are you allowed to like feel this much pleasure in your body? And I have to, you know, it's like a meditation practice. It's like, you know, you acknowledge these thoughts, they're there, you welcome them, but you don't give your power to them. And so it's it's a continual process of like coming back home to your body, coming back home to your breath and choosing a new reality, choosing a new way of being and operating in the world that feels more true to yourself. And hallelujah. Yeah. (laughs) So good. So, you know, there is so much like compassion, holding, being the witness of loving, compassionate awareness for yourself is number one, ultimately, because of all the conditioning, societal, familial, religious conditioning that has been in our collective in our personal lives, but also in the collective field for thousands and thousands of years. And also, you know, there was a large time period where women who were in their sexual and spiritual power were literally being murdered, all the witch hunts that were going on. And so women, that's in our DNA, that's in our family lineage, and that's in our bodies, they call it ancestral chi, which is passed down in our actual DNA, just like other physical ailments. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are in our psyches and in our, in our bodies, we're working against years and years of patriarchy, misogyny, and fear around being in our power, being in our feminine radiance. Mm. And there's so much around that that has been internalized, whether we're completely aware of it or not. And so it is, again, it's a lifelong cultivation coming into right relationship with 
your whole self, your whole mm-hmm. being in all these different parts that, that are a part of you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about self-pleasure because it, it brings all of that up in a really safe and sacred container and you're able to alchemize it through using your sexual energy and your your loving thoughts and intention yeah it's it's really beautiful it's powerful I feel like it's like a really missing piece for so Mm -hmm. many women even even men I mean that's it looks differently for them but it's just like a reclamation of the most sacred intimate and beautiful parts of ourselves like reclaiming everything as sacred and really living from that place of sacredness it like transforms your relationship to everything it transforms your entire life yes I've definitely experienced that I'm curious like how was the shift for you when you got Mm -hmm. a glass dildo and started to like be more intentional with your self-pleasuring too how was that experience for you well I'd say like you were definitely the biggest influence in my curiosity for um, my my relationship with my own sexuality and my body and self-pleasure. And so I pretty much just went on my own journey through witnessing you. And, and I started off with Yoni wands, like crystal wands. I didn't, I didn't get a glass wand up until quite recently, actually. Um, But they're pretty similar. Yeah. Um, the, the wand though is a straight, um, shape. So it's a bit different, but I still had just like incredible opening orgasms that had me in tears. And I feel like I released so much energy and, um, yeah, I think I, I started off with really the intention of going slow and like staying curious as to how I could explore my body through using like these wands. And I, I started off first with the obsidian wand, which is a black stone and it's very powerful, super grounding. And I, I remember the first time that I used it, I, like I was saying before, I had just so much emotions come up and I feel like I accessed different areas of my yoni that I never felt before. And there was even like some feelings of like tightness and contraction. And once I was able to actually get to orgasm. Like I felt a lot of that release. And again, and again, I had that experience, um, with the obsidian wand. And then from there I played around with different toys and I feel through building my own sensitivity through my self-pleasure practice. Like it transformed my lovemaking with a partner, like exponentially. (laughs) And I was able to actually be like, be more present with them. And, Mm. and I think from the beginning, have the intention, having the intention of going slow and being more present with myself really trickled into like other areas of, of shared intimacy with others and, and other areas of life as well, because it's allowing me to just be more in my body, more in a place of receptivity and, mm. and my radiance. So mm. yeah, that, that's a little bit of my journey, exploring my own self-pleasure, but I'd say to even just um, using movement and that as a pleasure practice has been really transformative for me as well. And, and seeing how I can touch myself in different ways, other than not just my yoni, but like my breasts and 
my whole body and how can I move like slower and be more with myself in the moment? Um, and it, it's really incredible how we can access pleasure in like so many, so many different areas of life and with our, with their bodies. Yeah. It's really limitless. Yeah. I think, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll go after. Um, I think a lot of people think when they think of pleasure and, and everything that we're talking about, like it's all about orgasm and all about maybe penetration or like getting to orgasm. But I feel that it's just so much more complex than that. And we're able to really access so much radiance and magic and, and beauty within ourselves when, when we're open to playing with this energy. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's revolutionary what you said about like going slow and being present with yourself because it's so counter to how our modern age mm-hmm. is, is really designed and set up and there's something on this shameless sex podcast I love they say they say go slow and then slower than slow Mm -hmm. to really be fine-tuned to that that moment to moment feeling of our of our physical body of the sensations arising in our in our body moment to moment because of the immense wisdom that is available to us through this divine vessel our bodies mm-hmm. and yeah I definitely like with the work don't like dive right into the yoni like it takes it takes time and starting with your whole body as you said like really giving love to every part of your body and for so many of us we our bodies have been a place of that has hold a lot of fear and we've grown up to in condition that our bodies are not safe and so so many women numb disconnect dissociate like are constantly leaving our bodies Mm -hmm. and this is a practice of like I said earlier coming home to your body and being like I love how you said the pleasure for you is more just being present mm-hmm. with your experience with life moving through you as you so it's yes. really beautiful yeah because I think my way of being for so long was just like racing and rushing and like mm. going from one thing to the next and and getting like a quick dopamine hit and then chasing like that next thing after but really when like through self-pleasure and slowing down with myself it's really allowed me to really witness like the beauty that's in between the transitions Mm. and the spaces in our lives. And, and this is something I love to teach my clients as well Is like, how can you drop into the moment more and not be racing to the next moment? Like, how can you bring more pleasure to, to the space in between? Mm. Yeah, I definitely still struggle with this. (laughs) I mean, I do too. It's like, it's a practice, but when you can really have that reminder every now and then it's, it's very powerful. Oh my God. It's so valuable to have people in your life that mirror this back to you and remind you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there's so much that we want to avoid feeling 
Mm-hmm. And but that's that's why I love actually having a self-pleasure practice with your glass wand because it really does help reprogram the nervous system and the subconscious mind to help you get to that place where it's more integrated throughout your entire life. So I'm like both and like making space for connecting with pleasure in a myriad of different ways throughout your life, throughout your day. And also making at least like at least once a week, like we got this once a week, (laughs) we can put aside 30 minutes, lock the door, turn off the phone, put on some music, some incense, candles, music, you know, have the pillows and the soft blankets, create your, your temple space and, and do that connection practice. And it doesn't always have to end up with, you Mm -hmm. know, penetration necessarily. I mean, it, working towards feeling safe and comfortable to have internal vaginal orgasms Mm -hmm. is deeply deeply healing and activating for women Mm. and i you mentioned something too like pain you know or having tension inside your yoni we store so much stress trauma tension in our pelvic region in our yoni in our womb and so being present, sounding like when I have my glass dildo and I hit a point that's really, really painful or just tight, you know, I'm just warming up as well. And I definitely recommend women to give themselves a really generous breast, yoni, body massage before even, even going there. But when you hit that point that feels uncomfortable, like sounding, and it could be like ugly, like screams and guttural sounds it doesn't have to be like ah like you know it could <laughs> it's like ah it's like yeah you know you want to like release some of that like you really mm-hmm. you don't want to be holding that in and I notice like how much deeper I can go and how it really dissipates that tension and it's not always like a, a pretty process that's why it's so important to have it a regular practice by yourself in this way Uh, because it really does retrain our our nervous systems which have been wired to you know want to keep going to the next thing next thing next thing Mm -hmm. so I'm so grateful we have both found (laughs) (laughs) the holy grail the holy grail yeah the holy grail is is us we are that yeah I I wanted to speak to um you mentioned earlier but I, I didn't speak to it but I have been able to easily orgasm one way on top of a partner. Mm. Um, and I, I found that through self-pleasure and, and finding what feels good for me, I've been able to orgasm in different ways. So like, mm. even though, you know, I have been able to orgasm in that way, like this has opened up so many portals to experience different things and to feel more safe to explore as well. Cause I think I, for so long had, a lot of fantasies and all these things that I wanted to try, but again, like had so much shame and reprogramming to do around that. And now that I, um, have moved through all of that through self-pleasure being the main modality, I've been able to feel more confident in like asking for what I want and to explore new things with my partner. 
like for one, me and my one par- partner now are really into playing with ropes with each other. And it's the funnest thing ever. And it's something mm. that I've been wanting to play with for years. And to be in this place where I feel confident in asking for that, I, I feel like I've been able to meet a partner that can, that can, that I can share that with and feel totally safe and comfortable. Yeah. I'm so grateful you have a partner <laughs> that is like so open and willing to explore. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's priceless to have someone who is supportive of, you know, at least trying the things that mm-hmm. you might be curious about or interested in. And I, yeah, again, the reprogramming, because we can be really used to even there's nothing wrong with vibrators, mm-hmm. but for example, using vibrators can train your body to access orgasm in this one way so for me it was also a progression of learning how to orgasm by myself first and foremost and then slowly slowly being able to feel safe and comfortable to do that with with a partner and now like me and my partner we I mean you don't have to do this of course but we just we love to like orgasm at the same time so we're able to do that every time if we want to and before that was like so foreign and like felt impossible for me Mm. but it's it's what's called blended pleasure so if you're used to and it takes a lot of requires a lot of patience with oneself and compassion but if you're used to having orgasm in one way as you mentioned that you were before you know it's a process of self-pleasuring in that way that you're used to to attain orgasm but like if you want to have like a nipple gasm just for example like massaging your nipples while you're stimulating your clit with your vibrator mm-hmm. and and using breath and and energy and intention and focus like being able to activate your nipples as orgasmic while you're stimulating your clit in a certain way and over mm-hmm. time and going slow and, and pausing and taking breaks, um, again, being really patient with yourself, you'll be able to spread that pleasure to different parts of your body. And even sometimes for me, like missionary for me is like the easiest to orgasm. In. And I think I really like it because I can see my partner and like, we're really intimate. And then also like something about the tongue and the kissing like really activates <laughs> my, <laughs> my orgasm as well. I mean, the, the tongue and the clit are, are connected, but you know, I want, I've been able to like have orgasm from behind or from the side. It doesn't happen as often. And it feels like a little bit more of a struggle sometimes, but um, it's through this process of like, having that intention and being really patient with yourself. Was there, was there a process for you or did that just kind of naturally start to happen where you could have orgasm Um, and different? I feel like, well, what you just said, the, I started to, while I'm self-pleasuring, like touch other parts of my body. And I don't know if this is something that I learned, but it felt very intuitive to me, Mm -hmm. like just to explore different parts of myself. And so, you know, like touching my neck and like massaging my breasts and, like touching my whole body. Like there's so many access points that we can touch. And I think there's just, again, so much focus like on Leone and the clit. And so being open to explore different areas and I'm a massage therapist. So it's like, I, I love 
bodies. I love touching. And so I'm like, why not just let myself touch myself more in different ways and spread the love. Yeah. I think (laughs) through that, I was like, whoa, like there's so much more to play around with and experience. Like, yeah, I was missing out on a lot. I think (laughs) totally. And uh, we limit ourselves. Yeah. Cause we don't know. Yeah. Lack of education, mentorship. And I think from there, I was able to um, guide my partners more and say like, oh, can you do this? Because I think they also too are like in this habit of just like going immediately, immediately to the Yoni. And even now, like I'm still training my partner to explore <laughs> different areas, but he just like really loves going there straight away. And I'm like, let's just uh, slow it down a little bit and like make out a little bit more. Maybe you can like massage me and like, he's, he's amazing to receive that feedback. Cause he's more than willing to, but he's also too, like, you know, in his habits and ways of doing things. Absolutely. <laughs> and doing this work really helps the, the sacral sh- chakra is connected to the throat. So being able to, to know about yourself, but also feel mm-hmm. confident and secure in yourself to voice that and ask for what you want. It's huge. Yeah. Something that I love to do that I just started doing with my partner is having like play dates where it's like we we play with sensation Mm. and so through through these experiences you're like in a container where the intention is to explore and to see what each other likes and what they don't like and so that way when you come to a more um love making session where there's more I don't know what to call like there's more of a likelihood that penetration will happen then it's like you already know like what each other like likes and doesn't like and so then there's not like a a awkward moment that could happen where you're like oh I really don't like that or I do like that you you have that awareness already so those are some those experiences have been really fun for me to play with yeah it's like training (laughs) you know it's it's training (laughs) you know, like athletes, I love this analogy, like athletes train so freaking much before a game or the main event. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's like, why do we think that we don't have to do that for, for lovemaking for mm-hmm. intimacy and yeah. Having those spaces where it's like, even when like no penetration, no orgasm, like taking that off the table to take away that expectation pressure, or that charge. Yeah. yeah the pressure. And I love what you said, like sometimes, you know, like getting, making a really sensual experience and like getting a blindfold, getting like feathers mm-hmm. and different textiles and like aromas and, and like sounds and all these different ways. Cause there's, yeah, there's, we've been taught in this also about erotic blueprints, which you actually mm-hmm. introduced me to, I believe, um, is like, there's so much more than just being like hypersexual beings people who this is like more mainstream who can just like go straight to penetration like like to fuck right away and then yeah. there's there's people who are more sensual who really need to be aroused through their five senses mm-hmm. and then there's energetic right who like the anticipation and more of like energy play and energy orgasms and yeah. And then what's the other one? <laughs> There's kinky, which is kinky. all of the taboo things like rope play and um, BDSM sort of thing. <laughs> right. And then there's, but that could also be like making love 
in public spaces or right yeah always like yeah balls and whips yes (laughs) (laughs) but just like I think it's like things out of the ordinary you know right um combination so we talked you talked about sexual sensual energetic oh and then there's um shapeshifter which is a combination of of all those um and, and interestingly enough I when I took this quiz maybe um a year or two ago I was energetic but now that I have explored my sexuality even more I I took it again recently and now I'm I'm shapeshifter and it's amazing to see like that, that now I enjoy the full spectrum of all these different ways of experiencing oh, yeah. and yeah it's so good moral <laughs> of the story you are not broken <laughs> if something hasn't worked for you it doesn't mean that you're broken it just means that there's there's a room to explore and discover more about yourself yeah totally yeah and um you might think that there's like one way that you like to be touched or there's one way that you like to have orgasm but I think being open and curious to other ways of experiencing things through exploring your own body like really opens you up to a whole portal (laughs) of different ways of so essential to have that that beginner's mind like Mm -hmm. the childlike curiosity and wonder Mm -hmm. uh, when exploring any part of yourself really but yeah having that open receptive and mind and heart Mm -hmm. when it comes to these matters will make it more fun more pleasurable because you also said too like even I mean, even if awkwardness arises, it's like, Mm -hmm. so what, you know, like who cares? Like it's, it's funny ultimately, but it's, it does, it doesn't always come to that place Mm -hmm. initially because there can be so much sensitivity and charge and vulnerability around these, the around intimacy and, and sex and connecting with a partner. So like having these conversations outward outside of the bedroom or yes, and slash you've mentioned um creating like play Play spaces yeah Mm -hmm. play dates Mm -hmm. I love it yeah I I love um some of the first questions that my partner now asked me the first night that we connected oh what were they (laughs) it's like um how do you like to receive touch Mm. what brings you the most pleasure um, how do you like to touch people like those, those sort of questions? And I've, I've never had, um, a partner ask those questions like right off the bat. And then he asked, um, what are some things that are like, absolutely not that you're not into or hard, no hard nose. Yeah. Totally. And I think having those questions right off the bat allowed me to feel so much more safe in my body to open to him and to connecting in deeper ways. And, um, I think if more people had that communication and the openness to ask the more vulnerable questions, we would all feel more safe to be in our bodies and to explore our sexuality. Safety is foundational. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's good to know more about your partner too I, feel like <laughs> I both shared stuff that I feel like I've never quite vocalized or shared with anyone before <laughs> no I haven't talked about much in the public until now 
<laughs> I love it. It's fun. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This conversation has been so wonderful. I know I, I could talk about it all day long. Mm. <laughs> and we will in the future. So keep coming back. We love <laughs> we love you all. Thank you for for spending this time with us because we know that your time is sacred and precious. Yeah, if, if you have any ideas or topics that you want us to cover, feel free to reach out to us either on the Pleasure Alchemy podcast Instagram or um, me or Samantha's private Instagram. We would love to hear from you. And Janessa and I both work one-on-one with clients mm-hmm. and I'm opening three spots right now for one-on-one personalized coaching and you can reach me directly through my platform as well. Janessa, are you offering anything at this moment? I am. My signature offer right now is the embodied woman and I have seven spaces open and it's a combination of um, group coaching and one-on-one work. And we do amazing, amazing practices and rituals and embodiment work to allow us to tap into our emotions, Mm. to feel safe in our body, to experience orgasmic pleasure and all the juicy things. (laughs) Yes. Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. We'll we'll see you guys next time and have a fabulous day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the pleasure alchemy podcast. We greatly appreciate your support and we love having you here in our space this podcast resonated with or lit you up in any way please subscribe leave a five-star review as well as a written review on apple Podcasts. this helps our message expand and reach more people and if you feel inspired please share this podcast with a friend or take a screenshot of the episode and tag us on your instagram stories we absolutely love it when our listeners reach out and let us know how the podcast impacted, inspired, or influenced them. You may email us at thepleasurealchemypodcast at gmail.com. Also, we invite you to come follow us on our YouTube channel, The Pleasure Alchemy Podcast, and on our Instagrams so we can stay connected. The links are located in the description below. New episodes are released every Tuesday, so stay tuned and see you next week. Thank you. Much love.